Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. Coming up one hour from now, our buddy Paul Jolovitz. Jolly's going to join the show. Jolly! Jolly took some exception to my uh, thought yesterday the Eagles should give uh, Jason Kelsey a deadline. Blasphemy. To, uh, go, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. 12.30. Jolly joins the show. Excited to talk to Paul. We haven't... Haven't, I haven't seen Jolly in a while. Obviously, we have, I don't think we've ever had him on the show. We've seen, you know, he's around here once in a while. We'll see him. But I haven't seen Jolly in a while, let alone uh, have him on the show. He has uh, recently dropped the take on the uh, Darius Slay and, and athletes. So he, so he's up to date here. What's going? He's on? He's up to date. Yeah, All right, we're soft. That's that's what I've determined about this city right now. We're you know soft. I, that this one I can't argue with them. Well, the players at least, not yes. maybe not the city itself. All right, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. All right, we'll get to Jolly coming up and. A big potential free agent the Eagles could be reuniting with. We'll get to that as well. But I have to debunk a myth here. So I've heard Howard say this, and I'm, he's not the only one. But you know, part of Howard's whole thing with the idea that you, you got to get Kyle Schroeder out of the leadoff spot is that he clogs the bases. Okay, he clogs the bases. So I guess that yeah, means I think I've heard that one too. Trey Turner can't run. Slow. Yeah, yeah and all slow. that stuff. They got to run. Around. They're like he's too slow. So we had our research team here, uh, Mike Angelina. Yes, team. Mike Angelina dove last year into the number of times that Trey Turner got up with Kyle Schwarber on first or second base. Okay, so the idea like those would be the times potentially that Schwarber could clog the bases. Right, Turner can't stretch a du- you know single into a double because you know it's only one extra base for Schwarber. Any of that kind of stuff. And we went through it, and you know how many times of those sixteen that. The bases were actually clogged. That Turner couldn't take an extra base or couldn't run of the sixteen. So sixteen times the entire season, there was a quote unquote clog the bases kind of thing where Schwerber could have clogged them for Trey Turner. You know how many times you out of those sixteen times it actually happened that way? None. Zero. Z e r o. Z e Jolly. You. I mean, you. I'll take the words from you. Zero. Okay. Uh, here it was what happened on some of those at bats. Uh, ground ball through the left side. Schwarber took an extra base. Turner uh, out getting greedy. Schwarber took two extra bases. Single, Schwarber could have taken third, but the Phillies were up seven. Uh, Turner could have gotten three on a triple. Schwarber got to third, okay? Schwarber took the extra base. Soft ground ball. Ground ball landed right in front of the outfielder. No, no. I mean, all these, you go through them and you watch them, and it didn't happen that way. There's a lot of things that are out there with the Schwarber leadoff thing. I think they're mostly silly. Kyle Schwarber should absolutely be the Phillies' leadoff hitter. They win with it. He's their best option. And by the way, today, Hugh, we may have a sneak peek of the uh, the start of the lineup. Do you see today's lineup? Yeah, he's at the top. He is. So today's lineup in Clearwater, Schwarber leading off at DH, Turner batting second at shortstop, Bryce Harper batting third at first base, and in this iteration, We've got Real Muto hitting fourth. I, I'm not sure what uh, Topper's going to do, four, five, six, how he's going to manage all that. But today, Schwarber, Turner, Harper, one, two, three. I believe that's the way it should be. I believe that's the way it will be. But, boy, I saw there was a poll question yesterday the morning show had. It was it was almost split. It was like some people wanted Turner, some people wanted Stott, some people wanted Schwarber. At the leadoff. Yep. But for, I've been doing a little research on this, and, and the one thing that, that he does – he puts pressure on 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 the defense immediately, and when you turn your order over, it's a good chance that you have some guys on base, and you have a guy who, who is either hitting a home run or getting walked. Yep, be, and guys are in position to score, so that's why you have him there. 
I, and Topper has said this before. It's instant. You said pressure on the opposing pitcher. Like yeah, the instant pit, pressure. The pitcher cannot get into the game and just ease in because you got a guy that could hit a home run like that. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I know for a lot of people, the the batting average is like one ninety seven. Yes. But that OPS though, man, that that is bananas. It's like eight seventeen. He's life. I think his career is like eight thirty two. And and the idea is to get on base, right? That's how you start the game. And I I. I think it's two years now of evidence. When he's the leadoff hitter, they win. 215-592-9494. So we put that myth. It's it's gone, right? There's this idea that he clogs the bases. No. Baloney. If you hear that, it is baloney. He doesn't clog the bases. It, there's no evidence to this. And the reality is they win when he's the leadoff hitter. He's leading off today down in Clearwater. 215-592-9494. Let's get back to the phone lines here. You can react to the Schwarber thing. And, of course, your thoughts on if we as a fan base, so City of Philadelphia is too hard on the athletes, certainly feels like some of these guys think we are, and we need a good movie recommendation for Tri-Day. Will in the hey, Northeast. Hey, Will. Hey, how y'all doing, gentlemen doing today? Good, Will. What's up? It's a great Friday, man. Beautiful out here, you know, but um, with this uh, supposed to be big place, play, that used to be his name. I don't know who he is now. You know, because you can't take shot at Philly fans because uh, when you sign that contract, that's for anybody that come over here. That's, I'm going to keep it real with it. Any player that decides to sign any type of deal, you know, with Philly, any type of sports with Philly, you got to understand we are a totally different breed of people. And, but one thing I can say, we, we'll tear you down, but guess what? When we love you, we love you wherever you go. We the only we the only team. I mean, we the only city that everywhere our team go, you will see Philly fans in the stadium, anywhere worldwide. Well, so, well, we, well, when we have the the fans of Philly trips, I, I saw that uh, Elliot uh, put a post up that we're having one, obviously for the Brazil game. Like there there will be a ton well, of people in Brazil. Fun. You want to go well, on that one, Hugh? I wouldn't mind going yeah, to Brazil. It's a fun one. Yeah, give me a couple but, days. Um, but I just wanted to say, um, you know, um, I like slaves. But, you know, with this podcast and all these guys, just like we keep saying, you know, y'all guys coming on, you know, spilling beans and saying different things, you know, if, you, if you're going to dish it out, be able to take it. Because Philly fans is going to give it back to you. And whether you like it or not, we're going to give it back even harder. But the thing to stop us from talking, do your job. Play the game. Focus on the game. You know what I'm saying? Start shutting people down again, Slay. I haven't seen you shut anybody down lately, so focus on that. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, Philly fans, we love our players. We love our teams. We die hard, man. And we go anywhere and through hell and high waters wherever our team is, is going. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they got to stop talking about our fan base, man. We the toughest, baddest city there is. Everybody want to be like us, and I'm keeping it a thing. Wherever Philly, anybody in Philly else you go, they know we're Philadelphia uh, people, man. There's no so, question, Will. There's no question about that. Will, give us a movie we should check out. Um, I got, I got a good one. You know, when Denzel did, you know, a bad character because everybody was used to him doing good characters. Robin Williams, uh, one hour photo. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That he was, was, a, he was a killer. Serial yeah, killer. that was a di- well. I I saw that one, but it's been been a long time. I think I only saw it once. Will, good phone call. That was a 
to use a word you like to use, you that movie was different. Yeah, it was. He, and that was a was, different role for him. It was a dark, dark, dark role for him. Really, really dark. And role for him. I can't think of any Robin ever did that were like that. I mean, he's always the he's, he's the comedic uh, relief, lighthearted yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, that was that was a dark one. Yeah, um, and you know, just as Will was t- you know making his point there, it does make me wonder as time goes on if these teams have to more and more think about like can the guy handle this city. Like, I go back to Harper Machado. Remember we discussed that the other day, that decision? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not that different as players, right? They're both great players. And I'm not saying Machado couldn't handle it. I don't know if he would have handled it quite the way Bryce has. Like, that's got to be part of the way these teams think. Can the guy handle all that comes with playing here? I, I will tell you that during the, during the time that when I was getting drafted, I remember talking to an Atlanta scout and him talking about how I would love the city of Atlanta. So that is something that is – taken into consideration like does it mesh the player and the city yeah i I think you have to look at that man because this is a tough place to play and we've seen that who was it uh orlando scandy when he got here (laughs) he he had a rough he was only here for three weeks yeah he had a rough it was not easy it was it was a rough three weeks like you have to be able to mess with mess with the city and you you the one thing that i've learned about philadelphia when i first got here is that you got to be able to like get your chops bust like a lot of times you get the chops bust and people that's how that's how they endear themselves to you because they bust your chops, you bust the chops back and then everything else is cool. So you got to be able to take it. And it's part of this whole thing is part of why I I think Jalen Hurts will be able to, to rise above back. this. Yeah. yeah, because I I don't think whether he pays attention, I don't think he pays as much attention as the other guys. I think he's he has found a and I don't know this, but it's just my guess. I think he's found a balance. What is he called? Social media rap poison? He doesn't yeah. strike me as someone that's going to pay attention to everything everyone is saying about him, especially now off of a down year. I, I think he's able to block the noise out. you got, you got to do that. Like you mentioned earlier, the fact that Slay and Steven Nelson are talking about literally verbatim what they were hearing from people in the front row. It Like, why? Why are you paying attention to that stuff? Yeah, that, that to me blows my mind. And I know that, and then on top of that, to come back and say, you have nothing bad to say about anybody. I, what is your definition of saying bad? I, that, that's what I would ask. Because it feels like you do a whole lot of throwing rocks and hiding hands as far as, as uh, you know, when you, you talk about certain things. What I mean by that is, Joe, you would say something negative about somebody, and then you would pretend like you didn't say nothing at all. Yeah. It's called throwing rocks and hiding hands. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, especially when you have something like, you know, a podcast, it lives forever. It's not yeah. just like you said it in passing to one person. And, and, the, the disturbing thing, I would say, about Darius Slay and, and some of the things that he does is that he's had on more than one occasion where it just feels like he does not know, he does not read the room. Like, you know, you got to be tactful. And I understand that, you know, you have a podcast you're trying to do and you want to be, you want to draw eyes to your podcast, but there's a better way of going about that than the way that you're doing it. Because I think that, what you're what you're not realizing is that if you want to be in this space, the one thing you have to be is consistent, and you're not that yet, because you'll say one thing one day and then you'll back off of it real quick. So you you have to be consistent, and, and you haven't found that that happy medium for you yet. And the thing that strikes me about you know you talking about consistency or saying the right thing or striking the right note. I mean, he's done this multiple times. A year ago is when he talked about how well his him and the D backs played in the Super Bowl. Like, dude, you lost. Mahomes did what one incompletion the whole second half of the game. Like again, read the room. Jeff's in Philly. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Good, Jeff. What's on your mind today? 
Um, so I want to talk about uh, Schwarber, and I agree with you, Joe, 100%. I think he should stay off in the leadoff spot. Um, I mean, think about it. How far we made it in the past two years, and it I don't think we all went cold at the same time in that spot, not to mention Kimbrell and Thompson and his decisions. I, I just I just don't understand why you would want to move him and put trainer, Turner in his place. Like, all these guys are swinging for the fences nowadays anyway, so it's like I don't really see that much of a difference of anybody you'd put in a spot, you know? I don't either, and, and the formulas worked for them, like you mentioned. When they moved him to the leadoff spot, I think it was June 2nd last year, they, they played at like a 99-win pace the rest of the season. They were a great team. It's it's weird to me that we want to mess with success. Two years in a row, he's been the leadoff hitter for a team you know that came this close, Jeff, to winning a World Series, and it's like people just want to change it for some reason. Exactly, and I, I could be wrong, but in one game of the playoffs, I, I don't know if it was a leadoff home run that he hit, Immediate, uh, like at the beginning of the game, but it just—I felt like it just set the tempo. Like when you do that to a pitcher, like at the first pitch, first batter, that rattles him for the rest of the game. Oh, like I agree game. with you. I think it was—it may have been this. Uh, I think it was his second at bat, maybe of the Arizona game in Game One or okay. Two last year. Yeah, but it was yeah, early. It might, yeah, it was yeah early. Early, regardless, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it gets so. it gets every it, it takes especially if it's at home. I mean, the crowd just goes bananas when it happens. You're, Jeff, it's like it's my favorite debate that doesn't seem to ever go away is is who should it lead off? But I, I think it right. should be Schwarber. Jeff, what movie should we check out? All right, so I don't know. I wasn't listening for a whole long, so I don't know if anybody ever saw it. But have you guys ever heard of or seen the drop? The uh, drop. I haven't. The Who's drop. In it? It's a. Uh, it's uh, James Gandolfini and Tom Hardy. I actually think it's uh, James Gandolfini's last movie before he died. It's like oh, wow. James, James Gandolfini owns a bar, and people come by and drop off bookie bet slips and money that okay. they're owed to organized crimes around the area, and it's a fucking oh, – my bad. Jeez, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, Jeff, it's all right, buddy. They got an 89 we on the Rotten Tomatoes. It. I might check that one out. Yeah, you know what? Once in a while when, when someone uh, gets a little too emotional, usually they're angry. That Jeff was just excited and no, got emotional. He's a, yeah, that – like – for him doing what he just did, that might that make me want to check it out. Do you know how excited he was? 94 WIP Uh-oh. breaking news. What do we got? Build up Eagles. I've released safety Kevin Byers. Oh, All right. who knew that was? We knew that yeah, was. Yeah, but you know what? But I'm I'm not upset. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Probably just saved a bunch of money doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, for 12 or 14 on the cap? Yeah, I think yeah. right about there. I think Elliot laid it out not too long ago, but yeah, I, you know, sorry to startle everybody. Well, a move that we probably anticipated, but I didn't, I guess, expect it to come in today. No, and it was it's a breaking news. It just happened. Yeah, All right, so Kevin Bayard released. Film, they're breaking down that film, getting rid of some. Probably going to be a lot more people. You think they asked him to do the scouting report on himself before they uh, they said, we're you're out? Probably. <laughs> what were you doing on this play? I don't know. All right, then, hit the door. You know what this one was, the, the Bayard thing here, Hugh? You never hear that. Yeah, I mean, we all know the phrase, too good to be true. Remember yeah. when they made that trade for him and they didn't give up much? And we were excited, right? Because Bayard was a good player years ago with and, the Titans. And they were getting ready to play the Chiefs, and we were yeah. talking about like the, the matchup with him and Kelsey. And Kelsey and Kelsey even talked about it on his podcast. Yeah, I always this it's probably a good exercise, like in the future, if you if the Eagles or Phillies or Sixers or Flyers get a, a perceived really good player for almost nothing, you have to like, why? Mm-hmm. Like why'd the Titans give him to the Eagles for very little. Buyer beware type situation. And it was obvious that he wasn't the player he used to be when he was with Tennessee. So considering the money they could save here on the cap, a, a no-brainer, good move by the Eagles. And um, and look, now they could use that money when free agency opens here 
uh, moving up in, in, in a couple weeks. 215-592-9490 for Kevin Bayard, released by the Eagles. It's not a surprise, and it's um, it's one I think that they had to do. I mean, the cap savings. I think it was it was either twelve or fourteen million. Well, yeah, and give him a chance to find it. You know, catch on with somebody else. Sure. You know, I mean, you get 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 cut early. This is probably a blessing in disguise for him. Give him a chance to catch on with another team. Yeah, because if you're, I, I believe the rule is, Hugh, if you're released now, you don't have to wait till free agency. No, nah, you, you can, can just, just go. Not, yeah, yeah, good. You know, good for him. I, it was a fit that wasn't going to work. It reminded me a little bit of the. Um, Golden Tate trade they made in 2018 Mm -hmm. where they tried to add a player who was probably not what he used to be and we thought they were getting a steal and didn't really do much here and then you know he moved on to uh, to a different place after that. Tom is in Abington. Hey Tom. Yo fellas how we doing this? Hey Tom. How you doing man? All right, that might be the least surprising breaking news I've ever heard on the web. I, I agree. It's like, wait, oh, yeah, that, that, that was expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Crybaby Slay is at it again, huh? This is what he does. He says things, and then he gets frustrated when people react to what he says. You know what he said that really irked me? Like, like he took it to a whole new level. He said, even when I have a good play, they boo me. And that's not true. It's yeah, I I did, and it's not that. That's that's to me what's frustrating. Like that's a complete exaggeration. He gets cheered when he makes good plays. Of course he does. Now, I would argue, uh, and I think you have the same stance, Joe, uh, that our fan base has gotten softer. Not soft, but softer in the past thirty years. The problem is. The modern athlete has gotten even more soft than this fan base. Yeah, it's like the soft ratio. It's not. It's not equaling out maybe the way it needs to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's a ratio. It's a soft I ratio. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And gotcha. and there's two guys in particular that I would love to hear their opinion on this subject. The first being Alec Bone, because we all remember I bleep and hate this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I would love to hear from Trey Turner. I mean. Thanks to John Fritz. I mean, we gave that guy a standing out when he was sucking. So, Tom, how it, are we too hard on I our agree. players? I agree. And look, both of those guys, I think it's it's more about them than us. Like, if you just get back to work and figure it out, people will love you. Like, no one dislikes Alec Bohm, right? Like, just because no. he said that, because he bounced back, and he's you know he's a decent player now. And, and obviously, and Trey went man. crazy. Yeah. And he was a man. He took ownership of it. Yes. I, I mean, I, he'll be loved forever for that. So, Slay... Cry baby, you need to take a page out of Alec Bones' book. Tom, what movie should we check out? All right, you guys both have Netflix? Yes. Okay, so you got to watch the movie called The Menu with Ray Fiennes, and it's got that red-headed actor from the chess, uh, the chess show. It is fantastic. Oh, the woman from Queen's Gambit? Yep. So the, what is it about? What's The Menu about? Uh, well, uh, oddly enough, it's about a restaurant. I figured. And uh, what's on the menu is going to surprise you. Let's put it that way. I think I I saw the trailer for this. Yes. It's a little little, uh, It's fantastic. dark. Okay. All right, Tom. I'm in, man. We appreciate it. It's a little dark. The menu. We've got a couple dark ones. Yeah. The menu. I I don't mind. I don't mind the dark movies. Uh, By the way, so the Bayard release clears over $13 million. That's Kelsey's money. It very well may be. That's a good point. Kelsey's bread. We're still in a good spot. We could pay. We could pay. Uh, we could pay Hassan Reddick. I was about to say Slay, but I meant Hassan Reddick. We already paid Slay. Yeah, yeah. we already paid. Slay. Well, I mean, Hugh, to the point of Slay, if they release some of these guys, they'll take a cap hit. So you need cap yeah. room to take a cap hit. Yes, it just gives them more flexibility. And yeah, I think we all saw it last year. Bayard wasn't going to be a starter no, uh, moving forward here. Be here. 
How many safeties do we need here? One or two? Three. <laughs> we need three new ones? Oh, you talking about new ones? Yeah, it's okay. like new. I mean, like this offseason, how many who safeties? Because who, who's considered? Like we got Blankenship. Blankenship. And Sidney Brown so got Brown injured is, in the last is, game. He's little though, right? Well, but he's, he gets also injured. Yeah. Well, he's a safety. Is he a, it, would, would, would he be? Because I kind of look at him like a slot. Would you think? Can he I think play he's the a slot? I think he's a safety. Okay. I mean, maybe he so can like, play the, the slot too. Okay. Well, you're going to need okay three because you know he's coming off an injury, so you're probably going to need. So two you want to import three safeties? Yeah, I want to. I want some competition at that position. Yeah, I, I think you need at least two, right? Yeah, at least two. I would say three because Blankenship's the only one right now that's healthy and good to go to start next. Yeah, season. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Reed would be a starter in my defense if I could upgrade. Like, all of these are predicated on upgrades. That's why I say three, Joe, because I'll probably get two, you know, trying to see, because Sidney's a little small. And he's hurt. Yeah, well, that too. He's a little small. I I would, by me just, and this is me, just not looking at the roster, just thinking about what I would like to have in my secondary. I want some bigger corners. I want a little bit bigger corners. I, I would probably say maybe – Six one, six two, uh, can run physical, like definitely line two line two more linebackers. Maybe I can play with one of the maybe maybe Nicobe Dean can be a guy that I could actually play with. But I want I want some linebackers, bigger linebackers, and I want some I want some thumpers. That's safety. I want some interchangeable parts. I want some guys that if I have to put them down in the box or if I have to make them, you know, run up the seam or whatever, cover tight end. They can actually do that and be physical about. Yeah, it. I, the Eagles don't typically pay a lot for safety, but I wonder if this is going to. be I need some people that's going to touch some folks. I want some touchers. I want some people that are going to put hands on somebody in the secondary. Illicit hands. You know what I mean? Can we have someone that could tackle too? Tackling well, would well, be nice. Well, you know, well, touching folks and putting hands it on goes together. Kind of goes okay. like that's that's kind of in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. I like how we're setting the bar so low. Can we have someone that can touch someone and tackle? No, but I'm saying I need some touchers. I need some people that's gonna touch somebody, reach out and touch, put hands on some food. I guess there. Kevin Bayard didn't fit that description. No, he did not fit well, that description. Not for the money they had to pay him if he if he stayed around. So Bayard out. Eagles save over 13 million. On the cap. All right, 215-592-9494. Bayard out. I've got a name for you where they should spend it. I, I've got a name of a player I want to play safety for the Eagles next season. We'll hit you with that next. 215-592-9494. And it sounds like, at least uh, according to someone in, in the know, it could be a possibility. We'll hit that next. All your phone calls on the idea that, is this city, is this fan base, are we here too hard on the athletes in town? Darius Slay. Uh, former Eagle Steven Nelson were on that train the other day on the podcast. I, I think it's all ridiculous. I don't think this town is too hard on its athletes at all. 215-592-9494. Lot to hit. Jolly joins the show. Our buddy Paul Jolovitz joins us at 1230 to debate me on the whole Kelsey deadline thing. It's all coming up. Your phone calls. It's the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Let's talk my friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players, teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I really like the FanDuel app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O and shoot your shot. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP FanDuel. Official sportsbook partner of the NBA.